Hello, my friend. Last week, I was featured on The Accidental Creative, a podcast hosted by Todd Henry since 2005. It's one of the most influential and important podcasts out there for creative professionals, and I was honored to be a guest. And it's great for this show, too. I'm sure a lot of new listeners found Creative Elements by listening to that episode. Todd was actually a guest on Creative Elements recently, on episode number 85 from December 2021. I'll link to that episode in the show notes in case you missed it. It's one of the most popular episodes of the last several months. This episode of The Accidental Creative is fairly short. It's just about 30 minutes. And Todd was gracious enough to let me share it with you here on the Creative Elements feed. In this episode, we talk a lot about creative independence, a topic I care a lot about and think you will too. We all strive for financial independence, but I think creative independence is an even more important goal for a lot of us. And I think you'll see why. So we'll get to that episode of The Accidental Creative right after this. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Accidental Creative Podcast. Since 2005, we've delivered weekly tips to help you be prolific, brilliant, and healthy. My name is Todd Henry. I'm your host. So one of my favorite things to do is to guest on podcasts and radio shows. And I've, wow, done hundreds now of interviews on other people's shows uh, as I've released my five, soon to be six books over the course of the last decade. And occasionally, I just have a really fun, great conversation with someone, and I'm like, wow, I, I really feel like that person gets it. They understand the uh, both the struggles and also the opportunities that creative professionals face. And I recently was a guest on the Creative Elements podcast with Jay Klaus, and Jay and I had a really great conversation, and we got great response from his audience. And I said, hey, Jay, let's uh, let's have you on the Accidental Creative Podcast as well. And we'll just kind of have a little chat about the nature of creating on demand. So Jay is the host of the Creative Elements Podcast, which explores how your favorite creators do what they do. Uh, you'll hear specific elements of their personality, style, and approach that help them thrive, elements like focus, vulnerability, revision, and constraints. And on this episode, we talk about some of what Jay has learned uh, as a host of the Creative Elements podcast, some of his favorite insights, and we'll just kind of riff a little bit about the creative process. Well, I'm excited to welcome to the Axon Creative Podcast today, Jay Klaus. Jay is the host of the incredibly popular Creative Elements Podcast, and I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation today about some of what we're each mutually learning uh, through getting to talk to people routinely about the way that they work. So, Jay, welcome to the Axon Creative Podcast. Thanks, Todd. Been a longtime fan of what you've been doing here with this show. Um, 
I appreciate the compliment of calling it popular, second only to the Accidental Creative Podcast. Uh, when we first chatted, I told you how much crossover we have in listeners and partners and sponsors of the show. So it's, it's cool to get on the mics and do a little recording with you this week. Yeah, that is one of the one of the benefits of having been around as long as the Axon Creative is. I know that you were saying when sponsors, when you try to come up with a URL for sponsors, it's slash creative. Now we can't do creative because the Axon Creative already has that. Okay, well, let's do, you know, whatever. So uh, sorry about that. I apologize. But well, it's all good. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you, your background, your work. Um, you know, you are a creative in the trenches. I know your show creative elements is designed for creatives in the trenches. So tell us a little bit about you and what kind of work you do in the trenches. Yeah. I feel like I've had this really like winding and arching experience of entrepreneurship generally. Like I, I come from a family of high school teachers and when I went to college, the one thing I thought that I knew I didn't want to do was teach. And I, I found my way around. I started in journalism. I ended up uh, graduating with a business degree. But at that same time, I found startups. And I thought, whoa, this is so cool that you can build your own path, that I don't have to go get a job and work that job for 35 years and retire. And then I did that. I did the startup thing. I had like this five-year period where I was building a uh, a ticketing platform, a digital ticketing marketplace. And we did like the accelerator raise funding, eventually sold model. And I thought, okay, that was cool, but that was like way harder than people made this seem like it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like this really fun, sexy ride. Um, and I was burned out after that. I didn't have an idea for like the next software that I wanted to start. And so shortly thereafter, I began freelancing because I thought, well, I want to be out on my own. I want to have control over what I'm doing. But I don't think that like a high tech startup is the way that I really want or need to go. So I started freelancing. And shortly after that, I started realizing, oh, I can scale what I'm able to teach people with digital products and with content. And that kind of began the creator era of my life here. And so for the last several years, I've been doing a lot of writing on my newsletter called Creative Companion. I've been doing a lot of podcasting with Creative Elements, this show that's just about a year and a half old. And I feel like I've really just expanded the view of what entrepreneurship and even creativity means, uh, coming from a place where that was just a very narrow scope of experience. Yeah, fantastic. And and so tell us a little bit about your show, Creative Elements. Uh, and then I want to dive into some of the specifics about you know what, what we've been learning, but um, what, what what do you do on Creative Elements? Tell us about who you interview, who you talk to, what you learn, kinds of questions you ask. I like to talk to really remarkable creators. And I use that word very intentionally, like people whose work is so standout that you actually remark on it. Uh, but people that you've probably heard of, people like Seth Godin and James Clear, um, who have this really popular work and they have this recognizable name, recognizable voice. But instead of talking to them about that work, I talk to them about how did you actually get to make a living as a full-time creator? Yeah. Or how did you actually get the opportunity to make this thing and you know get it in front of people? Because as a, uh, an early stage creator myself, I've been following these people's work for a long time. But the closer you get to trying to live this life as a creator, you run into all these roadblocks and all these challenges. And you realize, how did people get through this? <laughs> Like, how did, you, how did you go to market and build an initial audience for your work? How did you build that following on Instagram? How did you get any subscribers on YouTube, let alone millions or hundreds of thousands? 
So that's what I really like to focus on on Creative Elements is getting into the timeline, the story, the nitty gritty of how these people actually broke through with their work so that they can have a lot of creative independence with their projects and support themselves if they want to with their work. So I think that is a question that so many people uh, wrestle with, right? And I know most of the people who listen to our show, or at least a significant number of them, are organizational creatives. So they're inside of an organization. They're you know trying to create for clients, for you know maybe internal clients, external clients. Um, you know, sort of having to create on demand every day. But I think everybody asks that same question. You know, how can I gain more creative independence in the work that I'm doing? Um, you know, we are as professionals, we're beholden to stakeholders, whoever that happens to be. Um, you know, it could be a client, it could be our manager, it could be our manager's manager, it could be, you know, who knows, but we're beholden to, to stakeholders right. for sure. We have limitations, um, budget, you know, time, uh, resources available, collaborators available, you know, those kinds of things. And so we feel that squeeze, we feel that pressure, and it feels very much like, um, a prison in a way, you know, creative prison. Um, what you're describing, this idea of creative independence sounds very attractive to I think anyone who has to make things for a living. Um, how do you define creative independence? What does that mean when you use that term? I think it's the, the feeling that I can make something without the need for acceptance or external validation from somebody else. Like I can actually put my fullest, purest, um, expression into this in the way that I want to do it without compromise. And I think, you know, personally, when I went down the startup path, I got really interested in the idea of financial independence. Because how could you not? The idea of, you know, having enough money that you don't have to even worry about money is just like so attractive. Of course, I would want that. And so in my own entrepreneurial journey, I thought that's what I was aiming for. But I started to meet more people who had achieved that, who were bored. <laughs> And sure, didn't know sure. what to even do with that. And what I started to learn was the people who want financial independence and the people who even gain financial independence usually then use that as a way to have freedom of choice and freedom of expression, which just brings me back to this idea of, oh, they actually wanted creative independence. And having financial independence certainly enables that, but there are also other ways to enable that. A lot of people that I talk to on the show we're doing incredible creative projects that were generating plenty of money for them to live on. And they had no intention or interest in leaving the job they're working. Right. And I had a hard time reconciling that. I was like, but why wouldn't you? It was because they, they were optimizing for creative independence and they had that outlet. And so that was enough for them. And I always worried like, would my work shame people into feeling like they had to be a self-employed full-time creator to be quote unquote successful. And the more I think about this idea of creative independence, the more that I really, really love it because I think that is where we find a lot of fulfillment as people, as humans. And as, you know, things become more automated, I think it's going to become an even more important skill where not only can you be enabled to have creative independence in your life and work by an employer, but you might even be, um, empowered and rewarded for that. If you are hired specifically because of the things you're capable to do as a creator, oftentimes there are opportunities where employers or teams will bring you in to do what you do well and let you run loose and do it if you prove that you can. Yeah. And I think that's a, a really attractive future for a lot of people. Yeah, that, that reminds me a lot of a concept um, 
that I'm sure you've had Cal Newport at some point on your show. Um, we had a chat once about uh, this this phrase he uses called creative capital and or career capital. I'm sorry, career capital. Um, and he said, you know, your your ambition early in your career should be to build yourself to a place where you have career capital to spend. Meaning, okay, I've worked hard. I've dedicated myself to my my craft, my my job. Um, I've gone above and beyond, and I've earned respect and trust to the point where now I have some chips that I can cash in. I can cash those chips in to exchange my uh, my career capital for a little bit of freedom, right, or a little bit of flexibility of the kind of projects I take on, or you know things of that nature. Part of the challenge, I think, for a lot of creative pros is that they want to they want to start cashing in that creative cap or that career capital a little too early before they've yeah. really earned the right to do it you know so we you know the idea of creative independence or you know having career capital to spend sounds great one thing that i often mentor young creative professionals in is listen probably the best thing that you can do is go choose someplace to work and apply yourself for a number of years and just work, 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 work with easy people, work with difficult people, work with challenging clients, work with easy clients, work in environments where you don't have resources, work in environments where you have a lot of resources and just really get used to the broad spectrum of what the experience of a creative pro is and gain some successes, you know, have some failures, you know, gain some successes, learn from them. And then on the other side of that, you're going to be so much better positioned to be able to, A, to know what you even want because you'll have had all of this experience. I mean, so many people are hopping from job to job to job before they even have the capacity to understand what it is they want, you know, or what they, they yeah. haven't had enough experience. And B, I think the other thing is people are wanting to exchange their career capital too soon, um, you know, try to trade in those tokens before they really have built that kind of organizational or uh, industry respect that would warrant such freedom, you know? So, um, you know, my, my grandfather would say something uh, when I was young, you know, you do the things now, uh, so that you, ha you you get to do the things you have to do now so you can do the things you want to do later. And I think often that is not fun advice to heed, but I do think there's a lot of wisdom in that, especially in your career. You do what you need to do to get the experience so that later you can have the flexibility then to go and do the things that you want to do career-wise. Yeah, and you know, don't think of creative independence as this complete binary or absolute term where it's like every moment of every day I have total creative independence. Of course, that could be an aspirational state, but sometimes you just need an outlet to have that sure, where you feel sure. like in this corner over here, I have full control. I can do what I want. And oftentimes I see uh, creative pros, if they do feel like they're being slowed or stymied in their growth, it's an opportunity to say, okay, um, I don't have that creative independence here in this position right now. That's totally fine. I'm going to go over here uh, in my nights and weekends and build this thing. And that may either earn you the respect uh, of your team, or it might even give you some leverage, frankly, because if you do start to build some notoriety over this work you're doing independently over here and getting known for your ideas, now suddenly other companies might say, hey, you can come do that with us and you have opportunities now. Sure. Um, not to say to do that in, in some sort of like antagonistic way, but, you know, if you do feel like I'm not able to express myself in my job the way that I want, 
perfect reason to start a side, a side project or a personal project or experiment with something independently so that you can feel that uh, more true expression of what you're trying to create and, and do it in a way that can be visible, that can get you feedback, that might even get you some leverage on the way. If you know me, you know how much I believe in memberships. My membership is the core of my business and earning an income directly from your audience is one of the most sustainable ways for you to become a professional creator too. So I wanna tell you about today's sponsor, Uscreen. Uscreen is a beautiful all-in-one platform that helps content creators earn a living from their videos by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. You can host private live streams for your members, build an on-demand catalog of premium content, and Uscreen gives you a community hub to interact with your members too. They can access your community from their mobile phone, so your membership is right there in their pocket. With a Uscreen account, you get video hosting, an out-of-the-box website, full payment and subscription management, and plenty of third-party integrations too. And Uscreen makes it easy to get set up. You get access to powerful website themes that are fully brandable with no coding skills required. Uscreen will even provide a dedicated success manager for you. Just about anyone that wants to make money from their content can do it with Uscreen. It's perfect for coaches, authors, influencers, and entrepreneurs in just about any niche. Right now, Uscreen is used by creators in fitness, education, news, kids' entertainment, and more. That includes Yoga with Adrian and Creator Now, just to name a couple. Uscreen is the platform for building a video membership site that is great for generating a sustainable income for professional creators. If you create video content for your audience, I highly recommend checking it out. If you're interested in learning more about Uscreen, visit uscreen.link slash J. That's U-S-C-R-E-E-N dot link slash J and let them know that I sent you. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Last year, my wife and I started talking about her joining the business full time. This is a huge decision, not just for the business, but for our marriage. My wife, being the very smart and thoughtful woman that she is, suggested that we proactively sign up for therapy as a couple to help us communicate better before we started working together. It really helped us have better language to describe how we're feeling and listen to one another, which generally lowers the intensity of any conversation. Now, I had never been in therapy before, but here's something that I didn't expect. It didn't just help our dialogue, but it helped my inner monologue too. The way I understand my own experience has changed based on the tools that I got from therapy. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's convenient, it fits your schedule, and you can be in the comfort of your own home. Just fill out a short questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. They even make it easy to switch therapists if it doesn't feel like a fit. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com creator today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash creator. This episode is sponsored by Podcast Movement. For the past decade, Podcast Movement has organized the world's largest gathering of podcasters, featuring thousands of attendees, hundreds of breakout sessions, panels, and workshops, plus the largest trade show in podcasting. Podcast Movement helps podcasters of all experience levels create, grow, and profit from their show. It's suitable for beginners, but you'll also have the opportunity to meet some of the biggest names in the industry. I've been to several podcast movement events, and not only is the programming incredible, but the culture and vibe are incredible too. It attracts thoughtful, empathetic, and collaborative people, which makes sense when you think about the medium of podcasting. Podcast Movement hosts two events per year. The first just wrapped up, but their flagship conference is happening August 19th through the 22nd in Washington, D.C. 
Attendees have the freedom to choose their own adventure across several different stages throughout the four-day event, not to mention dozens of amazing networking events, parties, and the expo hall floor. Tracks include podcast creation, video and live streaming, industry professional, plus several stages of curated programming from some of the top companies in podcasting. It's truly a unique event, and if you are a podcaster, I cannot recommend it enough. Right now, tickets are available at super duper early bird pricing. And as a Creator Science listener, you can save $50 on top of that by visiting podcastmovement.com slash science. That's podcastmovement.com slash science. And now back to our conversation with Jay Klaus. Right, right. And I think that's, that's you know, such an important point that so many great businesses and, um, you know, even careers start as what, you know, I think uh, I heard Pam Slim call once upon a time and now Chris Gillibo also, I think, um, call side hustles, right? Um, I don't know right. what, uh, <laughs> where, where the phrase originated, but, but I've, I've heard both of them refer to side hustles um, as an important um, element of discovering new opportunities for yourself and developing new skills. And I mean, I, the Accidental Creative Podcast was a side hustle at first for me back in 2005. You know, I had a full-time job as a creative director and was very busy and doing a lot of things. And I thought, you know, hey, this would be a way for me to interact with other creative pros and leaders and maybe share some of the things I'm learning and talk to people and discuss, you know. And it turned obviously turned into, you know, now five, almost six books and, you know, traveling all over the world and all that. But, but it never would have happened if I hadn't said, you know what, I think I'm going to spend a little bit of time in the evening or a little bit of time in the morning working on this podcast thing that everybody's talking about, you know, this, this new medium that I felt like I was so late to the game on back in 2005, which is so funny now, but, right. um, <laughs> you know, but, but so, so often we don't do that. You know, we think that our yeah. job has to contain the sum total of our creating and it, it simply can't. And I think a lot of people quit their jobs too early, frankly. Sure. I think it's only getting to be more the case that because we have such incredible means of creation and such incredible potential for distributing our ideas, it's also getting more competitive. So it's right. getting more challenging to do so at a meaningful level. Right. And people will say, you know what, I'm going to go all in on myself and bet on myself, which I love that. But if you don't have appropriate uh, financial guidelines in place for yourself, Suddenly, instead of being beholden to the manager or the boss or whomever, you're beholden to your budget and your expenses on a monthly basis. And that's going to change the way that you make decisions and right. what you create. And you're not going to have the independence I'm the, the creative independence that I'm talking about because you're making decisions not based on the way that you want, not without compromise. You're compromising to bring in immediate near-term revenue, which is probably affecting the type of work that you're putting out, which has an effect on the long-term trajectory of the entire business, right. which is kind of intense. But you know, I, I just think that there's no shame in doing the side project or starting something on the side because you can really then build it the way that you want to build it without concern for the financial or revenue ramifications. Right, right. Absolutely. So what is some advice, uh, Jay, that you would offer say a 22 year old you versus uh you know the the now you what what would the now you tell some tell the 22 year old creative pro jay klaus this is an interesting time to ask this question because i i recently had um a pretty impactful thought on this front 
I was talking with uh, Andy J. Pizza, the guy who runs mm-hmm. Creative Pep Talk. You're probably familiar with Andy. Probably talked to him here on the show. And we were talking about how nice it is knowing that every week I've committed to publishing a podcast. Yeah. And every week I've committed to publishing a newsletter because I have so much, I wouldn't necessarily call it anxious creative energy, but because I know that I am very capable and I have a lot of ideas, if I don't have a way to direct that, I almost like vibrate sitting here. <laughs> You sure. know, and I see a lot of young people who have that same energy and they bounce from thing to thing to thing and they don't commit to any one of those things for very long, probably not even long enough to see results. So the advice I would give to a younger version of me or anybody listening to this is start some sort of project that will give you some sort of consistency because that mechanism of knowing I've got to publish every week, whether it's a newsletter, whether it's a, a podcast or a YouTube video or whatever, that is going to force you into the practice that you need to get better, to get good enough to a point where people are really paying attention and can be impacted by it in a meaningful way. So create some sort of creative practice that is consistent in whatever medium makes sense to you and commit to it for a pretty serious amount of time. I'm not saying like five years or anything, but probably a year or some number of times you're publishing that, whether it's 50 or 100, do that and then reassess and say, okay, now what from here? Because I think if you don't give it that type of serious effort, you're not going to get yourself to a point where you should expect to see results. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've um, that made all the difference in the world for me, right? Um, committing to, okay, I'm going to write every day. I'm going to release a podcast uh, every so often. Um, even on books, when I'm writing books, it's an everyday thing. Uh, I'm in the middle of a, I'm under deadline right now. And it's like, I know exactly how many words I need to write every day in order to hit my my deadline, you know. Um, but that daily practice of writing or making something is appropriate even for somebody who's inside of an organization. You may be thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm a senior designer at a at an agency of some sort, um, or you know, I'm a marketing manager for a company. How does that apply to me? Well, it totally applies to you. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to be out there trying to chase a career as a as a writer or as a podcaster or as a uh, you know whatever as any kind of an entrepreneurial fashion, but just having a practice of putting something into the world on a consistent basis, whether it's once a week, you know, every two weeks, once a day, whatever works for you is so helpful to your creative process because it forces you to have to see things intentionally through different lenses in order to be able to produce on demand like that versus, you know, sort of staying stuck in your rut. And it will help your on demand work as well. If you have something like that in your life. Yeah. And you just can't expect to be good at something that you haven't done a bunch of times. You know, that's, you just can't be good at something you haven't gotten a bunch of effort into. And when you have this practice, it takes away some of the decisions that otherwise you would have to use willpower to make. Like, am I going to create today? What am I going to create today? When is my deadline? When you have this regular practice of, I know for me, I publish Creative Companion every Sunday at 7 a.m. So (laughs) it's not an option. I'm going to write something this week. It's going to be along the lines of helping people find creative independence, and it's going to be done by 7 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah. And so now all I have to do is focus my energy into you know that already outline of sorts of, okay, so what is the thing that I'm writing that I'm sharing this week? Yeah, that's great. Jay, if people want to know more about you, they want to know more about your work, uh, they want to follow your podcast, where can they go? I would love for you to check out Creative Elements. You can find it in this podcast player. Just search for Creative Elements. Um, 
You can start with episode one. I'm proud of the earliest episode that I've made. Uh, any of them that call to you, go ahead and take a listen. Otherwise, you can find me at Jay Klaus on any form of social media. Pretty easy to find. Fantastic. Well, Jay, thanks so much for taking the time to share your experiences with us today. Thank you, Todd. And as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Remember, friends, cover bands don't change the world. Don't be a cover band. You need to find your unique voice if you want to thrive. We'll see you next time.